This is Travis Holtry from Foreman Watson Holtry. You've tuned in to 102.7 The Game, ESPN Radio, Owensboro, Kentucky. The Kentucky Broadcasters Association's Station of the Year, WLME-FM Lewisport. Now, to your Live at Five hosts, Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans. We're on the air. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? It's Live at Five, and it's brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtree, FWHlegal.com. And now, your host for Live at Five, Stephen A. Turner. What's up and welcome to Live at Five, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtree, dedicated to you, committed to justice. That's FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner here in the Floor Concept Studio is joined by Coach Vic Evans. How's it going, man? It's going. Well, you know, a little tired this morning. It was a late night. Yeah, feeling underappreciated. That's how a Friday will go. And sometimes. It, sometimes you got to fight these battles behind the scenes and carries over into the energy of a radio show. It but, does. It does sometimes. Yeah. yeah you know. No, especially when it's outside factors, you know, and that's when it's out of your control. Yes. You know. 100%. That's, that's when it's tough. But uh, that's all for another day. Yeah. Because it will be for another day if we don't get this straightened out pretty soon. I, yeah, I'm sure I'm there just will be. You. I'm sure. I Listen, I know how we are, Steve. You know I what know. they say about Live at Five, right? They say, those guys are professional, and they always wear kids' gloves with everything. But I can tell you right now, next week, probably, if this don't go the way I want it to go. Must must it's listen be to must live listen at five. To live at five. <laughs> I like I Steve on a warpath. I don't know if you ever heard CM Punk when he, when he sets down and crosses his legs, but I'm just telling you that's where we're heading pretty soon if we don't figure out some solutions. I I, I, I listen. There's nothing more I like if it's going back and and your your rant on the Braves or my rant on gambling, you know, yeah. sports gambling. Or Kenyatta Carbon not being in the All-Star game, right. which, I mean, he's only averaging about a triple-double. We probably didn't know what we were talking about then either. I know. So, But there's nothing more I like than, uh, you know, having a rant here or there, and uh, there may be a few coming. Yeah, I'm hoping that's not the case. Me too. What I'm hoping is, is I'm jumping to conclusions, and I've just got bad information in that, this is not what I think it is. Well, and that, I, uh, I've well, been wrong way more than I've been right. So I'm hoping this is another situation where I'm wrong more than I'm right. But I'm just telling you, next week's live at five, one way or the other, either positive or negative, must listen to. Probably not going to want to miss it next there week. There you go. I'm, I'm all for it. So we'll see how it, how it goes. But download the Owensboro Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world. Follow along 1027 The Game on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you consume your social media, as well as the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, leave us a nice review or or don't. <laughs> I mean, it's that's kind of where I'm at with it. So, uh, <laughs> Green River Area Federal Credit Union text line 270-903-0389, wide open throughout the program. Tonight, WVJS, you'll have Henderson, Owensboro. Vic will be uh, flying solo tonight. I will. I'm looking forward, though, to getting my eyes on Henderson. You know, they've been number one now for about three weeks in the Owensboro Health Top Ten. And, uh, you know, I'm also really getting a, a, a – I want to get a good look at Cooper Davenport. I mean, this is a guy that I think is a legit first-team ESPN Owensboro All-Area team member. You know, I think he's right there. He's in the mix, yeah. for sure. And so uh, getting eyes on him. And, and uh, you know, this is a team that took down Lyons County. So I'd like to – I really look forward to seeing this Henderson team. And they're deep. You know, when I was putting my work together, when I got home last night from Nashville at about 1230, sat straight down on the computer because I knew today was going to be a busy day and had to get my pre-stuff done for, for Owensboro and Henderson done last night at 1230. 
and my pre-stuff for Wesleyan Thomas Moore at about one thirty. And uh, but I, you probably make like eighty thousand a year. Oh, I know. Yeah, least, you're right. Maybe a hundred thousand. Maybe a hundred. Maybe. But uh, people may be confused. But, yeah, yeah. That's. But uh, the, what really shocked me was just how deep in the number of guys that this Henderson team plays. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to deep. seeing it. Yeah, you know, looking at the contributors of this team, we'll t- we'll break this game down in the final segment today. But but yes, I mean Henderson is is deep. They are coming off uh, a loss this week. Yeah, coming up. They've got Owensboro today, Butler tomorrow uh, on the road. So the, our number one team is going to be tested. It may shake up that Owensboro Health top ten. Got a few teams waiting there. Butler and Davis County waiting to move into number one if they drop. No doubt. Then uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that game a little later. You can hear it on WVJS tonight with Vic uh, over on ninety seven X. You got McLean County and Dawson Springs mm-hmm. uh, coming up, courtesy of BF Evans. I know in segment two that we'll lay the show out for you. We're going to recap last night high school scoreboard segment one. Blake uh, caught up uh, with the MRN ahead of the Daytona 500. We're going to promote that in segment two. It's just about a seven-minute interview. So right for the you Wesleyan fans coming off an unbelievable game and this this unbelievable stretch of games that is the best stretch of basketball in the Coach Drew Cooper era, without question. I think you would have to go back to the Ray Harper to find a better stretch of basketball. Yeah, I mean there was some good years with with Coach Lee. I know Jay Ivy would go to bat for Coach Lee. So, but but it's in the, it's in that stratosphere. That's that's where we're approaching. I feel like with K Dub, we'll have that around five thirty, five thirty five, somewhere around there for you K Dub fans. We'll do an in depth uh, talk about last night. Look at the future. I know the regional rankings got pushed till next week. Uh, so there's a lot of conversation to be had there about Kentucky Wesleyan. Before we get out of here, we'll pick the Daytona 500 and preview the high school games for tonight and the weekend. How's Sounds like a good show. Let's move it now to last night. Where I that haven't game got, you had. haven't got to hear my call back yet. As soon as we go out there, I'm going to get that clip because I want to hear the final call where I kind of lost my mind for a second. <laughs> I don't even know if it was a great call, but I know it was a great shot. And Elijah Decker takes down the Aces 48-47. How about eight points in the final 50 seconds for Elijah, who just took the game over. A Catholic had a six-point lead. And the ball with 50 seconds to go. And I think they were trying to get it in the hands of their better foul shooters. Threw it into a passing lane. Decker with the interception cuts it to four. Catholic gets the ball back. They go down off a deflection. They keep possession. Can't get the ball inbounds. I thought it was five seconds. But they get awarded the five timeout. Seconds, uh, when I was driving home and you were telling me about it, you said it was like seven and a half seconds. It felt, and like, I said it felt like a long time. <laughs> it, and to be clear, you Neither team got great calls. It was it, I thought it, it didn't impact the game because both teams both teams may have got seven bad calls on each side. There you so go. there you go. That being said, the basketball gods fixed it on the very next play. They throw it in. The Bikeman goes off his he, he dropped the ball, goes off his leg out of bounds over to Ohio County. Decker comes down, sinks the three with about 18 seconds or so left. Catholic comes down. Bikeman gets fouled with nine seconds. Hits one. Misses the second two-point game on the rebound. Decker comes down, and I talked to Elijah after the game. I said, I thought for sure when you caught it, you were going to go straight downhill, tie this game, we're going into overtime. He said, well, that was what I thought. He said, but Catholic played tremendous defense. You know, I get down there, I go left, there's a defender left. I go right, there's a defender right. He's like, so I just pulled up. I looked at the clock, it's time to go. (laughs) Rise up above, knocks it down, and Elijah Decker hits the game winner, 48-47 for Ohio County. That's a big win. For them, especially coming off Tuesday night disappointment. And in a game where I felt like there was sections where they played well, but overall they didn't really play very well against Catholic last night. But at the end of the day, when the chips were down, they made enough plays to get the victory. 
Yeah, they got the win, and they, I think it was one they needed just for just for you're getting close to time, and 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 a lot of these teams throughout the region are playing good teams at the end, so it's, you're getting used to that tournament atmosphere basketball, and they did that with Butler, they did it with Catholic. But with the way that they went the other night against Butler, I think they needed a good showing. Yeah, you know, I didn't say I wouldn't call it maybe necessarily a must win, but you had to play better. And if I'm Catholic, I'm walking out of there thinking we gave one away. I they mean, gave you it got away. a six point they lead with the basketball with 50 seconds left. You know, you know the uh, ESPN does that thing where you have like wind indicator. Yes, and with six, you got a oh. six point lead with fifty eight seconds to go, and the basketball, your wind indicator is at like ninety nine point two. When that shot was missed, and Catholic had pulled the rebound up six fifty seconds. To be honest with the game, the game just didn't have much flow. I mean, it wasn't a very good game to watch. It wasn't pretty on the eyes. So. 50 seconds left, and my energy level was down in the basement. I'm thinking, oh, Catholic hit a couple free throws, and we're getting out of here with this double bonus situation. So it, it surprised me. And then I think that's why the reaction came out when Elijah hit that shot. I'm like, what in the world just happened in the last 50 seconds? And uh, it was just one of those things. Biteman was great, 23. Carruthers is starting to show for a Catholic. He's a guy down the stretch who will make an impact if they were to get through that first-round game against Owensboro. I think he's a guy to watch in the postseason. Tuck Carico's Tuck Carico. But for Catholic, everybody else, I would just say, I mean, Tim Riley knows more about basketball, and I'm sure he's telling them what to do. But it feels like on the possessions, everybody's just looking to pass. Right. It's hot potato. We saw this a little bit earlier in the year with Wesley and early in the year with a couple games where it was a lot of passing and cutting and not really looking to score. That's what it feels like. Right. And Bikeman is the guy that will look to score. Tut will as well. But everybody else is just kind of like, okay, who's going to do it? And some points, it feel like you're passing up big shots. I mean, there'll be an extra pass where it feels like, okay, this here comes the shot, and then it's a ball fake. We're trying to drive. It's like just take the shot, you know. So it felt like that a lot last night, especially late in the game, where I felt like they got really conservative, and I think it bit them a little bit. And I'll also tell you this: going forward in the district play and tournament play, it is tough. And this is not to call out any single kid, so don't take this wrong. But when you're the point guard and the ball handler and you're not a good free throw shooter, it makes it tough in the in-game situation. And, and and just like you were talking about, they were trying, instead of just getting it in, you know, where you normally do, now you're trying to force it into certain good free throw shooters and you end up turning the ball and over. I think that's what when happened. Yeah. When you're point guard and the guy that handles the ball for you the majority of the time is below a 50% free throw shooter, close in-game stuff at the end of the at the end of the game Becomes an adventure. Well, I mean, but neither team, Ohio or Catholic, are good at the free throw line. I mean, it was Catholic missed a ton of them again last night. And those are things, if you look back at their season, there's been multiple games. Now, they did steal the Owensboro game, but you look back at the you know the St. X game, you look back at the Memorial game last night. A lot weekend, of close losses. A lot of really you, close missed, losses. You, you left 10 or 12 points out there free on the free throw, throw line. line. Yeah, so I think that's something to look for uh, moving forward. For o- Ohio, I thought Morris defensively. Really good there. Uh, Durham coming along really good, the sophomore for them. But i to be honest with you, the last 50 seconds for Decker really saved the game because no yep. one really flashed, if I'm, being, if I'm being honest. It's just one of those things where Ohio County, it's like we said against Butler, who else is going to score? If Carter Young is not on, you know, if Decker's kind of getting you know neutralized by some tremendous defense, which this region's full of great on-ball defenders and even off-ball defenders – who else can it be? And I still don't know that we have that answer. So 
at the end of the day, it's a nice win for Ohio. I think if you're Catholic, you say you let one slip and you just move on. Now, on the girls' side, Davis County defeated Greenwood 59-39. Kennedy Lane with 27 big points. She's our reigning champion for Lady Panther of the Week there. So uh, we'll see how uh, Davis County moves on going forward, but moves to 18-7 and seven on the season. Hoagland had 15. They host Russellville tonight. And by the end of the show... We will know if Kennedy Lane is our ESPN Owensboro Player of the Week. Yeah, and I won't make the mistake. Uh, in full transparency, we played it last week. I was calling a game. Now, I call games for a lot of different stations, Steve. You know yeah, yeah. Whether it be VJS, LME, BIO. And and so, you know, we recorded the show because it wasn't it was not so live at five last right. Friday. And so I was going and, and I I signed in to do this game. And I hit the wrong station, and then the only way you can get it off and get it fixed is you got to play the out the intro and the outro of that game. It had to be right when we were announcing the live at five ESPN all area player of the week. Labhart uh, from Perry Central Sorry, didn't get the big announcement last week. We'll get it in this week and find out who our ESPN Owensboro all area player of the week is in the final segment of the show. But uh, they host Russellville tonight. Does Davis County trying to get to 19 wins on the season? Uh, their crosstown rivals, the team they'll see in the first round, is healthy. Everybody played last night for the Lady Devils. That was the first thing I checked on this morning when I saw the score 57 37 victory for the Lady Devils over South Warren. And uh, scoring aside, just getting everybody back on the floor is a huge victory for Owensboro. That takes them from, for me, in my mind, I know the poll is what it is in your overall body of work. But for me, they're another team that can go win this entire region. And, and and I think if you get through round one, you know, fully healthy, look out yes. for the Lady Devils. That, they're, obviously, your season ends is on an elimination game in the first round. But that first round could be such a momentum builder for a healthy Owensboro team that they go from being a one-and-done to all the way to the state uh, Rupp Arena the Sweet 16. So, it could really go either way. You could either be going home with the rest of the first-rounders or all the way to the state tournament. That's the potential that this team has. And that's where I know and this is where you know people talk about different things as being whether you know, playing their region at the sports center, do whatever. You've said this many times. These other regions don't have to do the same thing in the ninth district. You legit have two teams playing in the first round of the ninth district tournament, Davis County and Owensboro. They can, the, the, one of them is going to be a one-and-done. And it's either like it could have been a one and done or they can win the whole region. I mean, that's how tough it is because both of those teams can win the region title if they can get there. Throw out the records. Throw out the resumes. Look at the eyeball test and what you've seen from teams this season. Just that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. On the girls' side in the ninth district right right now, now, probably three of the top five. If if Owensboro's fully healthy, they're the top three right now. Because I don't know that Breck's going to get fully healthy. Mead's not getting fully healthy. Yeah, they are the top. These three. are the top three teams yeah. in the entire region. Yes, and yes. so one of the top three is going home in the first round. For the teams that want to complain about driving here, you play Davis County or Owensboro in the first round. Yeah. So, I- you know, well, we have to come up there and play. Play in the ninth district. I mean, that, that, you know, if, if I know ninth district got a distinct advantage. Well, they don't in district. <laughs> I can tell you right now, over the years that I've watched high school basketball in the ninth district. Fours have beat the ones multiple times. Yep. Twos have beat the uh, threes have beat the twos multiple times. And I'll tell you this: there's a lot of years if you go want to go back about 30 years 
where the ninth district had three of the top five teams in the region on a yearly basis. Well, there were and f- one of them was going home. There was a and then few you brought years. a team from the 12th that had no chance of winning. So, yes, that is absolutely the case. Right. I mean – that's just that's just truth, right? I mean, and there there have been times in the past that they they there there were times in the past where they had I don't care where you know four. what Vic I don't care where they play I'm so sick of this argument I know I don't care where they play the tournament move the it. best teams win move it the best teams win move it I mean I'm tired of it I mean it literally has I'm done with the, the argument it, it's just it's a beaten dead horse argument you vote next year until then we're not talking about it anymore I agree let's move it on to Butler County and McLean County. Not in a good mood today. No, you're not. It's 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 annoying. I'm annoyed. I know you I'm are. Annoyed. I'm very annoyed. I like Butler... annoyed, Steve. <laughs> well, you're about to get him a no, lot. No, that's Over... good. Butler County defeated McLean County in triple overtime, 73-66. Ava Wilson with 20 big points in the win there. Anna Miller on the other side with 28. Uh, Lanham, who ha- who's our reigning yes. Cougar of the Week there. She's had 20. as a triple overtime performance here, Vic. I was getting a lot of messages about this game last night. Went right down to the wire. You got Butler at 14 and 12, McLean County at 8 and 15 now, but I think it's a pretty good showing for the Lady Cougars of McLean. Even I think in defeat, so too. Yes. It's a good Butler County team. And I think if you're looking another team, looking to that first round district matchup, hey, I mean, I think it, it, that's a game. Momentum builder. That's a game they can win. I mean, that Ohio, you know, they split with Ohio County this year, and one of those teams is going to go to the regional tournament. And that's a game. And I'd like, you know, I'm not cheering for one or the other, but it'd be big for the Lady Cougars to get there, just like it would be big, uh, you know, for the Eagles to get there. But that's a game McLean can win. No doubt. No, and we'll see it in the first round here in just a couple. It's getting close to district time. It's just like, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's just get into <laughs> the games. Like, let's just go. You know, it's just, we're right here on the back end of the regular season, and it's time uh, to start to get into some of these games that, that mean a little extra. Uh, Hancock County defeated Webster 61-46. How about Coach Husk? I, he does a great job on social media. Sometimes when it's hard to find the stats for, for games, I always go to Coach Husk and find out who his total package. I don't know if that's named after Lex Luger, but it I hope be. it is. The it total package Player of the game, Alexis Gay there for okay, the Hancock there County Lady Hornets. There you go. But listen, if you're going to name something, it should have been like the four horsemen player of the game because the four horsemen was much better than the Lex total Luger. total package, Lex Luger, man, back in the day, the torture rack. I mean, he oh, had come on now. He almost single-handedly took down the NWO. It I doesn't mean, matter. You got Art Anderson, Ole Anderson, <laughs> Tully Blanchard, and Ric Flair. Come on. I mean, Alexis uh, gets it either way. So it's uh, congratulations to her on a tremendous performance last night and a big win over Webster and rounding out the scoreboard Edmondson moves to 19 and 7 as they defeat Apollo drops the Eagles to 5 and 20 on the year we'll pause it right there we'll get uh, Blake as he uh, has an interview with MRN talking about the Daytona 500 and don't forget about here in just a little bit right after that we're going to talk Kentucky Wesleyan because that's the story of the day as the Panthers are rolling you're listening to live at 5 1027 the game Local sports at its finest, live at 5 with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Let's Talk Racing 92.9, 93.3 WPJS Blake Smithy, host of Let's Talk Racing, with a special interview here this weekend as we preview the Daytona 500. We're on the phone with Dylan Welch from the Motor Racing Network. Dylan, how are things in Daytona? Yeah, all good so far. We're uh, we're off, off and running here with uh, you know a couple of days underneath us here and uh you know ready to go the the next few nights here with with the big races so looking forward to it 
Got the duels out of the way and also qualifying. I tell you what, I was surprised, Dylan, how fast those Fords are, even though I shouldn't have been as fast as they've been the last few years on those restrictor plate tracks. Well, and you know, it's, it was extra interesting because they have the new body this year, the new Ford Dark Horse Mustang um, that Ford rolled out at the start of this year. Um, and and nobody really knew what they were going to have. And, um you know, Chevrolet and Hendrick Motorsports have locked up the front row the last six years up until uh, up until this year, and and then Ford comes in with this new car that you know still has some question marks around it, and uh, and they sweep the front row. So um, they they've always raced really well on the restrictor plate tracks or on the super speedway tracks, and uh, you know I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But it's always nice to be fast by yourself too. So that was uh, I think something to be encouraged about for sure if you're uh, a Ford driver or if you're a Ford fan. On the outside of the front row, you have the 34 car of Michael McDowell, who's on the outside, like I said, of the front row. He'll start second on Sunday and announced they kind of some rumblings in the garage over the last few days. They have really become closer with a Ford technical alliance with, uh, with Penske. Yeah, they, uh, that just kind of came out, out today, which is, is a great, um, you know, a great thing. They've, they've obviously, uh, stepped up their program a lot the last couple of years. Michael has, um, you know, has, has always been a, a great talent and, um, and, you know, kind of in the past has always excelled on, on the road courses, has always run well here at the super speedways though, too. And then, and you know, obviously won the 500 a couple of years ago, which, um, if you follow it consistently and, and, and watch these races, I don't think it was a huge surprise necessarily that he won because he always has been so good at these super speedways. And, uh, and this weekend is, is, you know, certainly, uh, you know, backing that up and, and no, no fluke. They, they always bring good cars here. Um, and, and Michael is always fast and knows how to be around at the end of these races. So uh, he's in a great spot to, to do it again and go after a second Daytona 500. Not only do Fords have a new body, Dylan, the Toyotas do as well, that new Camry XSE. What are the rumblings down there? Did not show quite the speed. I know they wish they'd hoped for in qualifying on Wednesday. Yeah, that, that was a, a surprise, I think, to everybody. You know, they, I think that it's always hard to tell in qualifying because um, you know, there, there are some limitations as far as what you can do to the cars and some teams really do want to just emphasize their race setups and, um, and, and, you know, qualifying doesn't matter quite as much here. If you don't think you have a car for the pull, it really doesn't matter, uh, where you qualify, uh, if you're one of the cars that's locked in. So, um, you know, as the weekend develops, they'll obviously get more chances to practice, um, and, and kind of fine tune their race cars. They added three more cars this year to their fleet, which always helps. Um, you know, here at these super speedway tracks with the Legacy Motor Club cars uh, with John Hunter Nemechek, uh, Eric Jones, and Jimmy Johnson coming over from Chevrolet. So they have a little more strength in numbers this year, which um, is always a good thing when you when you kind of get down to crunch time and you're looking for some drafting help. So uh, they'll be fine. And they've got you know, a lot of really good talent behind the wheel. Those cars, Denny Hamlin, of course, and a Toyota who um, has said publicly throughout this weekend that he is um, – reverting back to his old style of racing here at Daytona that brought him a lot of success, which uh, is kind of just being selfish and going after what's going to benefit him the most. So I think if nothing else, you'll have one guy that's going to make it exciting to play out of camp and, um, and he'll have some more help, as we said. Dylan, I feel like you almost have to be selfish with this new generation car that NASCAR has at the super speedways because gone are the days of making up some ground in just a few laps. You have to strategically work on that through segments of the races. Well, and that's kind of what Denny was was alluding to. You know, there there are so many 
meetings that take place down here between teams and between manufacturers of how can they help, how can everybody help kind of the greater good and help the manufacturer win or help your teammate win if it comes down to it. Um, and and Denny kind of said he was he was going to go against orders sort of and go back to the old style that brought him so much success, which uh, you know was kind of taking care of himself first. So. Uh, it'll be interesting if, if, you know, he gets in that situation late in the race, if he really sticks to it, um, you know, and, and really does kind of just do what he has to do to get himself to the front and be in contention. So um, looking forward to, you know, kind of seeing how everything develops. It, it's, a, it's a different style of racing now with this new car for sure, but um, the guys that know how to do it, the cream always rises at the top, it seems like, and, and it's consistently the best speedway racers that have been the best for the last, uh, you know, five, ten years, always seem to find themselves at the front at the end of this. The Chevrolets and Toyotas, or excuse me, the Fords and Toyotas are shiny and new. The Chevrolet is tried and true with that Camaro making its return. No big changes on that. Do you think that's going to hinder them as far as keeping up with those new body styles, or maybe since we don't have as much to learn as those new folks do? Well, NASCAR does a great job of, of you know, limiting the advantage that a new body style may or may not have. You know, obviously these teams develop these cars or the manufacturers develop these cars in the wind tunnel and, and, and in the shops back in the North Carolina area and whatnot. And, um, they don't build them to be slower. They build them to, you know, to find an advantage and improve on the car that they had in the past. But, um, you know, NASCAR obviously does a good job of, of kind of, they have to approve the designs and approve the numbers and all of those things. So, I don't know that any one manufacturer or car necessarily is going to have a huge outright advantage, but, um, you know, the Chevys do just have more cars in general. So, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, a Chevy driver in theory is supposed to go with the Chevy, um, you know, and, and, and vice versa with, with the other manufacturers. So I think if nothing else, that, that helps them. Um, but man, it's, it's just such a, such a wild card race that, um, you know, you just got to be there at the end. And then at some point, it, I think it just kind of frankly becomes every man for himself or you just push whoever's in front of you that's uh, going to help you maybe pick up a spot or two. Well, Dylan, it's going to be fun to watch on Sunday, the 66th annual Daytona 500 on Owensboro's home for NASCAR WVJS. We appreciate you joining us and I look forward to hearing the call on Sunday. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Dylan Welch of the Motor Racing Network, and you're tuned in to Owensboro's Home for NASCAR, 92.9 and 93.3 WVJS. And now, more Live at 5 with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5 brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. And I was in a bad mood for segment one a little bit, Vic. The high school scene, a little bit of a, a sour taste. But then I pop in that breath mint, baby, and it's all good with the Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers. And I'll tell you right now, dominating as of late. They go down to Trevecca, where we're appreciated, I will say, the Kentucky Wesleyan Panthers. 101-82 to last night over Trevecca. Six straight win. The only thing I'm a little disappointed about in this, Vic, is they score 101, and it wasn't at the Sports Center, so they don't get the mystery meat from Grandy's. <laughs> you get no free food out of Man, it. Man, I tell you, the back of my ticket stub says free Grandy's, and they were at Trevecca, so they're not going to honor it. No, listen, it was, one, it was a great environment by Trevecca. You know, we talked about before the game, and we talked about this yesterday on Live at 5. It may be one of the best home court 
especially on a Thursday night. Now, you get on a Saturday night down in Nashville, you know, with what's going on at Broadway, there's always stuff going on. Yeah. Their Saturday oh, yeah. crowds aren't quite like the Thursday crowds. Oh, Nashville's Vegas now. Right. But Every they, night. They pop. had a monster student section. They had a big section. They were loud. And Wesleyan went in there and absolutely put a whipping on them. I mean, played tremendously. In the first half, I mean, the postman, Kennedy Miles, went in fuego, and he could not be stopped, whether it was going to the rack, and then he rises up and hits a three. The next trip down, rises up and hits another three. Then in front of the student section, he takes a shot from Broadway on a heat check, hits nothing but the bottom of the net, and turns to the student section and lets them know about it. And then, what do you say about Alex Delivering. The mail. He was. The postman was delivering the mail. And then Alex Gray, you know. Let, he's, me, let he, me stop you. Okay. Alex Gray, let me stop you right there. Eight of eight from the field. Yes. Ten of ten from the free throw line. Yes. He doesn't miss a shot. No. Scores 26. I know a little bit about Alex Gray because I've been covering the region for ten years now. Right. I, mean, I don't know if people understand. I did it for free for a really long time. And Alex Gray is a stud. He's, he, I mean, to see him where he came, I couldn't be more proud of a kid knowing what Alex Gray has done, the work he's put in behind the scenes. I mean, I remember when he played at Burns and Josh Mackey, who's now the voice of the Mustangs, but then was the voice of the Eagles, told me, this is our future. And I watched Alex Gray, and I said, "I remember you telling me big trouble." I, was say, I remember you telling me when, <laughs> we when, are when, in we, big trouble. You were telling me after he graduated high school that when you saw him when he was playing when he was young, that he literally struggled walking and dribbling. Yeah, yeah. And now, those those things. and now he's the smallest power forward in Division Two. And he, first of all, Steve, I mean, he had one of your hero nights, Christian Leitner type night last night oh, against Kentucky oh. in the Spectrum in Don't Philadelphia. Do Don't ever put Christian Leitner and Alex Gray. He in went the same. perfect no. from the field. Perfect from the free throw line. He was on the floor five times. He was in the stands one time and came out. Well, he came out with a limp and they go over and they tape him up and he goes back out. He's making. He had like four assists. He had like five well, rebounds. It was really and to watch him do this and taking people on the post at six three one ninety five. If he had breakfast and he's maybe a little wet from sweat and just pushing bigger people around and making plays, it's tremendous. And like I said. It was a tremendous game all around. You know, BZ gets in foul trouble, picks up two cheap fouls early, has to come out like seven minutes into the game, and Wesleyan's up two. And you're thinking, man, you know, this is an important stretch because you can't put BZ back in. You got to have two fouls. You got to sit the rest of the time. Lex comes in. Peterson comes in. They dominate the glass. They take a two point lead with 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 you know 13 minutes to go in the game in the first half. And by the end of the half, they bring Beasy back in the last 20 seconds to get an offensive rebound and get a putback, and it's a 17-point lead. And that's, that's where this team has improved the most. When the Stars have to go to the bench, right, the guys that come in off the bench, there's no drop-off. I mean, even, you know, even with Lex lately, when Beasy goes out, they don't lose. I know the other day when he picked up his second foul with seven minutes to go in the half, I made a note of it, and I said – well, what's the score going to be at the end of the half? Because we're going to have to maintain here against Cedarville. They pushed the lead out. Yes. And, and like you said again last night, this is a team that's turning the corner because of the rotation guys really elevating their game to the level of the starters, and there's no drop-off. No, they're not. The, the Serbian nightmare and the natural last night <laughs> dominated yeah. the offensive boards. Got big plays. Got big, and it wasn't even if they didn't come down with the rebound, they would back tip it out to the guard. And what makes this team special, Steve, and we talk about this on every broadcast we do, 
how unselfish and what a good passing team they are. They pass up religiously good shots to make an extra pass to their teammate for a great shot. Or they go down and BZ drives and gives you the big Z behind the back pass mm. for a lay-in. Or Alex Gray comes down and throws the lob to the voodoo, Eddie Jones, and he dunks it on a guy's head. When the, Hey, when is the conference going to stop jumping with Eddie? No, yeah. Just move out of the way. Do the NBA thing and just get out the way because well, Eddie Jones is going to put you on a poster. I well, mean, he's done that. it three games in a row. And not just that. And, and Jalen Carter down there, their best player, great game. I mean, he ended up with 19. He had like five, four three-pointers in the second half, and every one of them was over 22 feet long, and they were all contested. But like Moffmer did the week before, he decided he was going to take Eddie Jones to the rack. And all Eddie Jones did is he invited all his friends for a really nice big block party because he had like four. And then maybe the play of the game on a breakaway, out of nowhere as a trailer, the postman comes and pins the ball against the backboard. This is your point guard pinning a shot on the backboard. They're all playing at their ceiling. You know, we talked about this early in the year. Was there flashes of a a good team, flashes of a bad team? Absolutely. But I said – the good that I see, if they can get up near their ceiling and play that way for full games, this team is is really good. And I felt that way about last year's team too. The problem was the chemistry was a little the off. chemistry was off, and it just never it just never got to the ceiling. They were always playing half speed. That's not the case with this group. They have come together. They're all playing full. And I talked about how proud I am of Alex, just because I know Alex and I know the adversity that he's faced to get to where he's at now and to be playing the way he's playing. It literally surprises me every time, and I don't know why. I mean, to see 10 of 10 from the stripe and 8 of 8 from the field and 26 points at this level, it it, it surprises me, and it shouldn't. But I'm so proud of him. My, my heart is full of pride for Alex. But Eddie's right there with him. Because oh. I saw Eddie last year, and I said, you, you walk into the sports center, maybe you've never seen this team, and you would immediately ask who he is because he stands out. He just – has a look to him that he is a specimen. He is going to be a player. But for some reason, the light didn't fully come on for him. There was some things that was holding him back. He may have been holding himself back. Coach Cooper even admitted that he could have done some things better with him. To see him step away, enter the transfer portal, maybe it wasn't for him, and then to go look himself in the mirror and say, well, maybe I'm the problem, and then to work on the things and come back the diff- a different person. Not that he wasn't a bad guy last year. Or anything, no, it's just th- but he looks inwards. And how can I get the absolute best out of Eddie Jones? And we're seeing the absolute best out of Eddie Jones. And I think you really got to credit Coach Cooper. A lot of people, including us, have written off Coach Cooper in the past. But I can tell you right now, the job he's done just single handedly with Eddie Jones. Not to mention that Beasy dropped forty pounds and he's playing at a Division One level. But what he's done with Eddie Jones. And seeing that light come on and seeing him get to be the player that he is has been an absolute pleasure for me as a broadcaster just to see it happening. We've seen the process with him. And to see him, be, I can't imagine how how Coach Cooper and his teammates feel because Eddie is at that level where he is an all-conference level player right now. Well, and, and, and just the growth, not just in Eddie, but we watched Kennedy. There were flashes last year of Kennedy Miles, and we felt like, you know, and I know there was a they had a multitude of point guards. You know, they have the one that's now playing at U of E, and you know, and then they had one uh, Onu that was playing for a while. And I think sometimes you got lost in the shuffle of Kenny Miles. There is not a guard in the G Mac point guard in the G Mac right now 
that I would take over Kennedy Miles. No. And I'm not sure there's a guard, point guard in America at the Division II level you take over Kennedy Miles. I mean, he is playing at such an elite level. And well, it's happened in this season. I mean, not to say that Kennedy, Kennedy's been the heart and soul from the beginning, yes. to be clear. But there was a point in the season where maybe the turnovers were getting a little out of control. You're playing a little above yourself. And then you get challenged. And you answer the bell. And, and you just become... So I mean, the, with the passes that you throw, you should be turning it over seven and eight times a game. <laughs> but now he's cut that down to one or two. Over the past what month, he doesn't have more than five turnovers in a game. Well, I don't think he has more than three in the past month, and a lot of them is zero and one and whatever. And 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 another one I want to point out, and this is what makes this team special. We know, like Logan McIntyre is an absolute sniper and a scorer. Uh, Kavion Mitchell, the fast trigger to West, absolute scorer. And last night, you know, they I think I think Ken I think Kavion took three shots. And well, sometimes he, you just don't right, need to be that guy, right, right? But there were times he had a chance to take a shot and passed up what would have been a good shot for a great shot. He had like a couple of assists in big spots. And he's on the floor guarding the, the you know the second toughest guy behind Eddie Jones. And when Eddie goes out guarding the toughest guy, and it's just the unselfish unselfishness of this team, you know, that they're always looking to make each one better and they're a privilege and a joy to watch and I promise you you know uh, you give you give this team a shot come out Saturday and watch them play Thomas Moore in the next biggest game yeah oh, uh, and yeah. I promise you you'll be back because they are that fun to watch play basketball no and in in the Wesleyan you know the the alumni from years ago are talking about this group and, oh, and yeah. it's just the thing is is that maybe there was some times last year where maybe it's a little bit of a grind. Oh, I got a wrestling game. I just had a high school game last night. I can tell you right now from the minute that we left the sports center against Cedarville last week, I've been looking forward to getting there this Saturday. That's how it is with this team. It's it's a bright spot of my week to get to go call their games. It's a privilege to me, and I'm proud of this group. But I say I love them on social media. I mean it. I love these guys across the board, they, the way they play, the way they handle their business. I love them. I mean, I, I love to watch them. And – Sometimes maybe I get a little crazy on the broadcast because I'm a fan. First, yes. And that's always going to be the case. Hey, I'm going to be crazy. I'm Tyrone gonna... Young texted me today. Well, well, I hear that you're a little you're a little more positive with the uh <laughs> with the with the basketball team than the football team. I said, Coach, go back and listen to the post game after game two when yes. we're 0 and two at the sports center. And I guarantee you there wasn't a lot of positivity there. There was a lot of fire there. And hey, right now we're winning. When, so of course with Westland football sitting I'm there. A front runner. With Westland football sitting there at seven and one, seven and two, eight Eight and one this year. You watch to see what those yeah. games are like. I love that team too. I love Tyrone too. Oh. And, and and the criticism comes from a place of wanting the best. Have you ever watched the program. Vikings game with me? I mean, listen. If, just because I love you doesn't mean I won't sit there and cuss you. Because I certainly <laughs> will. But I, but I come back every year and I buy thousands of dollars worth of merchandise and take trips to Minnesota and they break my heart over and over again. It comes from a place of love, all and I that's wanna, what I'm talking about with Kentucky West football. And then listen, and, 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 and the way that people have accepted us, embraced us, been appreciative of what we do for them, makes it even more of a joy to go do. It makes you it. Know? It's, it's just I, I don't need a pat on the back. I don't ever want a pat on the back. I just to know that it's the the it's appreciated, or yes. that it's you know that I'm not. You don't have to throw a hurdle in front of me or ten. Right. To be honest, or a mountain to climb right. before you go cover this game. 
That's not Westland. They roll out the red carpet and they act, they treat us like we're Joel Utley, which is absurd because we're not. <laughs> I mean, and, and I love it. I mean, I love Westland and the way they've treated us. I will say the fans jumping on the nicknames and getting shirts made and I signs, mean, that's of, been really cool. Well, it's, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing. I don't take compliments very, very well at all. And the, the, when they when they come up, it's just... I don't know what to say. It's like, man, I don't know. Twelve year old Steve, if you told him he was doing color for Wesleyan basketball, I don't even. You know, it's just, it's a crazy thing. I'm touched by it. I'm blessed by it, and uh, I'm looking Can't wait forward for tomorrow. to tomorrow. I, I mean, am that's too. It's the next big game with Thomas, Thomas Moore. Moore coming in. You know, we clarified. And I, know, I don't know how long we are. We're long. And that's all right. Like, we're like 13 minutes. We, we got. We're, I, I went a little longer than I wanted to. But to that being said, we've clarified the conference regular season champion. Is determined by record. Is this correct? Correct. According to the SID. But the host and the seating is determined, and everything after the first spot is determined by points. No, no. Even you. Oh, even that. You can win. Wesley could win the conference. Okay. And Walsh. Right now they're in first. Right. So you're the conference champion. But if Walsh has more points than you, they're the one seed in the conference tournament, and they get to host the conference tournament. That is the most backwards thing I've ever heard. That's what especially with us at one. Now, if we were Walsh. I would love it. Right. But, but right over. now, if you look at it, after last night's game, they're just .09 they're points right there. behind. So they're right there. If Westland takes care of business and does and go out and you win, then you're you're the you'll be the one seed and hosting the G Mac conference tournament. We're on that path. Yes. And like I said, I don't care what anybody else does. We bring our game. We win. We're hosting this tournament. Yeah. And we might not be done hosting. Yeah, that's true. We might host another one after that. Look out. I'm just telling the, you. The right sky's now. the limit with this team. Listen, this team is good enough. If you get them in the tournament, which they should be. They're good enough to go to the Elite Eight, Steve. I, I completely agree. I, I, could, well, well, I had so much more. I had a Thomas Moore breakdown, but join us tomorrow, and, and we'll do a pregame show. Yes. We'll break it all down for you. Thomas Moore coming in fourth in the conference right now, though. 15-9, and 10-6, three straight wins. Uh, Tiffin, Trevecca, and Finley. And we'll have it for you tomorrow. We'll do the women first who are coming off a tough loss against Trevecca. And like we say with the men, the next game is always the, the biggest one, right? Yep. Because Trevecca is right on their heels there in the conference at 11-5. and five. Uh, Thomas Moore, I should say. Thomas Moore coming in 11-5 and five, right on the heels of the 11-4 and four Lady Panthers in the GMAC. We'll do pregame around 11-40, courtesy of James H. Davis Funeral Home tomorrow on WBO. The women first, then we'll do the men. Tip off around 2-15. Get to the Sports Center and see this team. You're going to regret it if you don't. Don't wait till the regional tournament when we're hosting and try to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> Get on now. Come on. We got plenty of room for you down at the Owensboro Sports Center, 75 years young. When we come back, we'll name our ESPN Owensboro Player of the Week. Talk a little Daytona 500, live at 5, 1027 the game. Local sports at its finest, live at 5, with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. I know we're in the final few minutes here in the Floor Concept Studios, but we've got to get our ESPN Owensboro Player of the Week. And we normally give you the top two because it's usually pretty close. It's been pretty close the last couple weeks. This week's the Carolina Blue Wave. It is. All the way down from coal country in Muhlenberg County. Brooklyn Stewart, congratulating and well-deserved. I mean, she's having a tremendous year, and Brush is getting a steal with Brooklyn Stewart. They are. I mean, listen, a couple weeks ago, I mean, this is our second time she's been up for this award. One week, she averaged like 35 points a game, set the school record for games and points, didn't win that week. This week, she was up around 26 points a game, and uh, what a dominant year she's had, and this is well-deserved. And i got to give it to Mustang Nation. They tried to get out last week for I sure Cubs. did. You better keep your eye on Muhlenberg. 
But they were not going to come up short with Brooklyn Stewart. She had over 1,800 votes, Steve. That's tremendous. And, hey, thanks to everybody in Muhlenberg for voting and supporting the student-athletes. I love it, man, down there in cold country. I know tomorrow we'll have UK and Auburn right here on 102.7 The Game, 5 p.m. tip, 3.30 pregame. Don't forget the postgame show and then KSR postgame following that courtesy of Don Moore. And uh, we'll see if it's a happy one or a sad one on the road. It's going to be a tough road to go into Auburn and win. UK's winning tomorrow. Okay. Put me down for it. I got you. You're back on the you're back on the bandwagon. Talent beats coaching. Okay. Just like never I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I had a thought, but I'll move. I'll keep it positive. The back half of the show's been very fun. <coughs> Sunday, Daytona five hundred. NASCAR regular season debut on WVJS Green Flag Flies at 1.30. We'll have pre-race coverage. That's courtesy of uh, Floor Concepts uh, here. So, uh, Daytona 500, Vic, you got your fantasy team lined up? I do. They've already got the starters. I think one of my two guys are going to win. I've got I've – got, it's going to be Chastain, Legato, or McDowell. I got – well, you're – I don't have – I got Reddick. Okay. Chase Elliott. Okay. McDowell. Denny Hamlin, he dominates Daytona. And then how about this guy? I can't pick him. I mean, you only can only pick guys so many times you're never going to pick this guy again, probably. Carson Hosevar in the huh? 77 car with a nice run last night, finished fourth in the duel. I'm going to go with a dark horse for Daytona. So I'll probably never pick my him again. My dark horse was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Oh, okay. All right. I have him on my team, too. Ricky, so. He's wrecking. Right, Ricky. He's either going to win the Daytona or I be the him, big I call, one. I call him Ricky Stenhouse Jr. because he's puts the car in the wall darn near every race that he's in. So I do want to mention, Steve, before we had to get out of here. I have to apologize for that pun. That was terrible. Sunday before the Daytona 500 on VJS. 11 o'clock, you can turn it into 1027 the game. We're going to get our first ever KWC baseball broadcast right here on 1027 The Game. Love it, man. Love it. Coach Lil Pop and company will, will be over there. Caleb will be joining you tomorrow or on Sunday. Yep. That'll be right here on 1027 The Game. We'll have also have a pregame here in a minute for VJS for uh, Henderson and Owensboro coming up. Uh, some big games around the weekend. Uh, you talk about Henderson playing Owensboro tonight. Butler County tomorrow. You got Ohio at Mad- or Ohio and Madisonville at Butler County tomorrow. Davis County and Logan. Breck and McLean tomorrow. Some big games. Big games. Uh, heading into the resume builders, I, I will say, for the uh, for the tournament. Coming yeah, I'm up looking well, forward One to week it. of the regular season after this yeah, week. Yeah, just the next week. Tournament there time. It's a let us in. No, no, we won't be there for the district tournament at Apollo. We'll have all the games. Either uh, The most of them will be on 1027 the game. Yeah, and we'll keep you posted on the regionals. So there you go. We'll talk about it next week, live at 5, 1027 the game. You've been listening to Live at 5 on 1027 The Game. Special thanks to Foreman Watson Haltry for sponsoring the preceding broadcast. FWHlegal.com. Tune in next time for Live at 5 on 1027 The Game.